Hi, everyone. Welcome to Manager IQ's Manager Skills Corner podcast. Manager IQ's mission is to provide an online space where managers can access all the resources, learnings, and tools to build their manager toolkit, and also to provide you with a community of managers to lean on. This podcast is designed to bring experts in specific areas of management to share their knowledge and experience with the Manager IQ community. We share tips and tricks which you can implement into your management practice. For more information about Manager IQ and our products, check out our website, www.manageriq.com. Now, let's check out today's episode. We're excited to have Sandra Madison here to have a discussion about onboarding today. A little bit about you, Sandra. You're the founder of Inductions Made Easy, where you focus where your focus is to help businesses make their next employee onboarding experience stress-free, positive, and successful. Sandra, your background has been providing meaningful onboarding experiences, designing workshops and learning pathways, teaching facilitators, building leadership skills, coaching and mentoring, and leading your own team, just to name a few. Um, but welcome, Sandra. How are you today? Fantastic. Thank you. <laughs> That's great. I'm so excited for this conversation. Um, onboarding is such a, an important part of the employee journey. So I can't wait to get into this discussion. I really did just touch a little bit briefly on your introduction there because I wanted to give you an opportunity to, you know, introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about yourself, um, how you came about making induction made easy and anything that just helps to let the audience know why you are the expert in onboarding. Awesome. Thank you so much. Um, a little bit about me. I, I've been sort of uh, in the corporate world for about, I was, for about 35 years. So I had a variety of jobs um, from customer service, call centre, frontline, uh, working with customers. Um, I was a training manager for, for a few years with the recruitment portfolio, which was quite key. Um, been a team trainer, L&D consultant and a team manager of a very large team of 22. And in each and every role that I had, um, I was involved with other people, whether it was being a colleague, helping a new person into the team, um, or whether it was my responsibility to onboard them directly. So all of these sort of little things through each and every job just sort of gathered momentum. Um, and in my last role, I was when I was working for a large corporate, um, it was my my responsibility to not only onboard staff, but to be uh, involved or heavily involved in the supporting the managers to onboard them in a way that the company wanted. And we wanted it to be right. We had um, great processes in place. And what it did is it meant that everybody's onboarding experience was absolutely stellar. There was the odd exception, but those were the people that were usually recruited at very short notice um, that didn't have time for us to to do the wowing that, that we like to do as a business. Um, the day one experience is just so important for everybody, whether their first day is in the team or whether it's in the um, group orientation, it's just so important. And I, when I started moving into self-employment, I carried that passion with me. Um, you know, my whole background is about learning, development, coaching. Um, and when I decided that creating my own business was, was going to be what I was going to do, then it just seemed really natural to, to start doing the things that I loved, which was making a difference for people. Uh, and, and this was a way that I felt that I could do that. 
Mm. Um, so my own business, through my own business inductions made easy, what I can do is I, I help small business owners um, or media, small medium enterprises. So any any anyone that doesn't have an HR team on board that can do an induction for them, I'm there to help um, hold, hold the hand, so to speak, of the business owner um, or the team manager and leader just to, to make that process bespoke and right for them. So, you know, it's not always a one-size-fits-all. Uh, what works in one company won't work in another, so it's about working with that business owner to find out what they're passionate about, what they need, um, or the team leader to find out about what, what the business vision and mission is and, and what their part is in it and how they can um, onboard their new hires into the company in a way that makes um, the best decision or the best sense for all of them. Mm. Fantastic. And, um, you know, when I came across your profile, um, when I was doing a bit of searching for experts in this area, I thought, perfect, this is exactly what we need for Manager IQ and particularly the Manager Skills podcast is around bringing experts like yourself into a conversation so that we can help just give little tips and tricks to managers around how they can consider or think about these specific areas like say onboarding so I was very excited to find you so I'm and I'm very grateful for the time that you're spending with us here today to have a chat about this um one thing that we always try and do is we try and make sure that everyone's on the same page around what we are talking about so you know from your perspective what is onboarding well I mean, like when, when I look at the term, my understanding is that onboarding is an HR term that's used to describe the process of induce or introducing a new hire into a business. But I also find the word can be used interchangeably with induction, orientation, day one, first days. There's all these different ways that people refer to it in their business. So when I'm working with um, somebody, I find out what terms they use, and then those are the terms that we will use together. Um, but when I'm talking about what I do and how I help people, I refer to onboarding as being from the moment that staff members signed the contract, right up until the end of the first week. But I always encourage um, the business owner and manager to also have a 30 60 and 90 day plan there so that they're still supporting that new hire into the company and not just leaving them not like yeah done busted right I don't need to have anything more to do with them but you're actually still focusing on growing that person into the company yeah yeah and I think that's right I think every organization does have a different approach to how they you know they onboard and, and like you mentioned there's all these interchangeable words but for the purpose of this podcast, we're just going to go with onboarding um, to be to be consistent so it doesn't confuse the listeners too much. But essentially, yeah, like I was saying, every organization has a different way to onboard their employee. But the whole idea is around how you get that individual to understand as quick as possible what the organization is all about, what the role is all about, what the culture is all about, all these different aspects of that organization so that they can get from where they are on day one to be the most productive, motivated, engaged employee, be it day 30, yeah. day 60, even some six months, say, if depending on the complexity of the role. 
Absolutely. And I mean, the whole purpose of, of doing an onboarding for your staff is to help them understand the business mission, vision and values and to build alignment between their own their own values and what they're doing in the company because they're spending so much time there every day. It's important to be aligned, but it's also about finding their fit in the company, mm-hmm. you know, and, and when a person feels that they fit, when they, you know, they've, They'll feel part of the team. They'll feel part of the fabric of the company and start really um, working hard on their targets and goals to to learn everything they need to know to be the best they can be. Mm, yeah, exactly. I can't remember what course it was, and this is back when I was quite young. It would have been years and years ago, and it was talking about like a rocket ship, you know. So if you are if you don't understand where the organisation is heading, so that you know the destination of the rocket ship. Um, if you're going to be on that rocket ship and you don't know where you're going, you could be doing things that is going to send that rocket ship, even if it's just one degree off kilter, it's going to, it might miss yes. its target destination. So the power of um, installing, well, instilling the information or the knowledge of where that organization is heading and how they're going to go mm-hmm. about doing it, both from a task and a kind of behavioral perspective, so the cultural side of things, is super important to to make sure people understand right from the beginning. And it makes great business sense as well, because, you know, before someone starts in a new job nowadays, they're often commenting on LinkedIn or Facebook, hey, I'm starting with such and such. So they're actually starting to promote you from before they've walked in the door. And then mm-hmm. if they've bought it up in their heads that, oh, this is a really exciting company to work for, and you don't live up to that, then, then you know, you're losing out on all the investment you've made to get that person in the door. Mm-hmm. Um, exactly. So and I... Sorry, Sandra, you carry on. There you go. <laughs> I was just thinking about, um, you know, the, the war for talent, how hard it is to get, you know, people into organisations at the moment. Um, so therefore, how important it is that the experience that they have from day one is is going to be good. Um, I remember them saying that, you know, they're super motivated. People are excited on day one. There's a nervous energy, you know, there, there's a change is good for people. And um, they've been sold this dream through the recruitment process. And day one is going to be um, their first experience of what it's actually like in an organization. Um, whether that organization is large or small um, doesn't, you know, it doesn't mean that a person shouldn't have a good day one, week one, you know, 30 day um, so that's something that I recognise now even more so that it's very important to to get that right. Yeah, when retention starts from the moment they've signed that contract, and I mm. think that's a lot of things that businesses don't understand. They they think about at the moment that somebody starts saying, "Oh, I, don't think I might go elsewhere. I might look elsewhere," or they see the CV on the person's computer, or something like that happens. Um, you know, they're not actively thinking about actually. We've, you know, we want to make this person stay with us for for a longer period of time. We want them to work with us and enjoy being with us. Um, so, you know, let's focus on on things in that way. It sheds a different light on it. Mm-hmm. So you've been quite clear around um, onboarding starts from the minute they st- they sign their contract. So if we were to cast, yeah, in most cases, and. In your view, when would a manager think that onboarding has finished? You know, is there a, is there, there probably wasn't a clear line in the set or a clear date, but from your experience, yeah. when can they assume that that's happened? I think 
think, I mean, like, there's two parts to it. Like, there's the, you know, at what point have they completed any legislative requirements of their job? So if they're in construction or something, what, when have they completed all their health and safety? When have they completed um, any any of the legal stuff that they need to complete in order to do their job safely? Um, at what point have they learnt the company's mission, vision and values? Well, unfortunately for some people, they might attend an induction three months down the track. Mm. So that makes it a little bit hard to say, well, actually, the first week. Um, I would hope that they even, if they're not doing, if the, if it's a slightly bigger company where there's a few teams and a few people involved and they do it quarterly, I would expect that in that first week that they cover those essential things off to start building the conversation and layering the information. So, you know, within the first week, they should have covered all of those key things that are unique about this company and bringing the people on board. They should have completed all the, the visits to other business units if there's a few teams involved or had the meetings with key people or key clients. Again, it's really unique depending on the business. Um, so, you know, for me, it would be the end of the first week. But if there's technical training to do the job, then that's where, you know, for some businesses, they might go, oh, well, actually, it takes us four weeks to upskill them on our computer system and now this and now this. So, you know, for them, they might look at it as being a longer period. Mm. Um, I don't believe that there's any right answer to that question <laughs> yeah there's no fast rules i agree so sorry i set you up there but um but you're right i think every organizational context is different depending on the complexity of the role and um i guess the compliance nature of of the the organization um that you're working in the legal or, or whatever it might be i also yeah. see as well as that some organizations i remember one i was just like i don't think that i fully truly understand the organization, um, my team, my role, uh, what was all involved until almost six months into the role because of the, it was a big company, lots of complexities. Um, and then after talking to people, that it was a common experience. So um, I think it does depend on the role, the organization and so forth around how long it takes for you to understand. But essentially, I guess, from a manager's perspective, if they can sit back and they see evidence of the employees understanding of the mission vision and values understanding the of the role that they play in the organization the specific purpose of the team um mm. the the nuances of the role have done the compliance and those sorts of things if they can sit back and say that this individual has had that experience understands it and is also starting to apply it um they yeah. could essentially see that you know that maybe the onboarding has can can officially stop with some with the ongoing ability to, you know, get feedback and support as they require it. Absolutely. And I, I think that's a perfect way to look at it. Um, you know, and in that first week, um, or the first few days, I mean, like, if, uh, again, it depends on the nature of the job that they've been employed for. Um, but it's really important to to finish that time to, to actually say, look, you're, you know, 
right now, you know, here, here you are at day four, you've done an amazing job. Is there anything that we've covered during this period of time that we need to go over again or that you don't quite understand or that you need more information about? Because then that hands it over to the next stage and it lets mm -hmm. them know that, okay, this is the conversation saying they've told me everything I need to know to get started. I've started to get started and then to have that conversation about, you know, how often they're going to catch up in the future to, to check in and see how things are going um, mm. you know and that's really important to to signify to that person about where where they're at now you know mm. yeah I like that I like that kind of almost stage it you know you've finished week one this is where this is what we have committed to try and convey has that been conveyed um, and do you have any questions we're going to move into the next phase we can take you know, we can take those questions or if you need to recap on a few things, we can do that too. So I love the idea of um, of having those kind of moments where you have a little bit of a milestone, maybe we'll call it. Are you a new manager looking to build your manager toolkit? Well, the new manager development program is just for you. We cover four modules, which is looking at what is the role of the manager, how to set yourself up as a manager, how to set your team up, and then looking into the future. We have an excellent free trial that is available to all. If you would like access to it, please visit our website today, www.manageriq.com. Um, one of the things that I did like that you said um, a little bit earlier is that concept of layering the information, um, because as we all are aware, the f first week, I just I remember like the exhaustion of a first week. You know, you've had all this information at you quite often. A whole new set of language and acronyms as well, um, concepts that you might not be aware of, particularly if you've not been in that industry before. Um, and so I remember a couple of managers saying, oh, yeah, that was covered in such and such. But so was a hundred other things, you know, so it's around the layering of information. Maybe that's, you know, touching it at a high level, you know, day one and then coming back to it week two, again, going into a little bit more detail six weeks later and a little bit more detail. And then your culture should pick up the rest around. Well, these are the things that we constantly talk about. So and it starts to reinforce that information and things start to make a little bit more sense. Aha, that's what that means. Ah, that's why what it means to me. La la la. Absolutely. And and that's so critical. Like that first day, imagine um, if the way that you learn information best is not through hearing, if you need to mm. see it. You know, so those of us involved in learning and development of any sort, you know, we, we're aware of, you know, everybody's got different learning styles and learning preferences. But when you're starting a new job, it can be really easy or when you're when you're the manager to, to want to go boom <laughs> and just share absolutely everything. Yeah. And, you know, I... <laughs> I just remember seeing so many people's faces where they're just like, oh, <laughs> you know, slow, <laughs> slow down the world. There's too much information. So if you're sort of thinking about it, uh, thinking about it not as giving them everything on day one, but staggering it over a week and layering it in a way that it makes sense now that I know this, ah, this makes sense. So I can learn a bit more about this. If, if you're, if you're overwhelmed as the new manager, with everything you've got to do um, for that person on the first day, that person is also going to be overwhelmed. And so by sort of mm. taking um, taking steps to stagger the information by providing it in different ways, um, you know, like if, uh, you know, if you're sort of saying, you know, what the mission, vision and values are, um, but it just sort of seems to sort of just, 
the not quite hitting with the person, you know, it's a great opportunity to to sit them with someone else in the team and say, hey, you know, I'm going to pop you with Joe, and Joe's going to talk to you about what they love about the company and and how they align to it, and then they're hearing it from somebody else. So again, it's a different layer. Um, that way, there's a little bit more connection a little bit more chatting which is how a lot of people learn um, and actually seeing it in action you know make it physical see it in action show them the customers you know show mm. them a video from, from what you know from what a customer's um, experience of your business is you know there's so many different ways that you can do that to reduce that overwhelm to layer the information and to make it exciting and interesting for the person yeah and it's 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 such a tricky experience to get right um you know you touched on there and how a person learns and how they take in information um as an as a layer or something that a manager does need to consider um but also the balance between what's the organizational message that needs to be conveyed versus what's the team message that needs to be conveyed and then particularly the role message as well and when to do it, timing, all these different aspects of it all, while still ensuring that that person is having this wow and very exciting onboarding experience, you know, like the wow factor, you know, it doesn't all have to be super exciting, but it's a bit of pressure for a manager to get right um, from, yeah. from what I've seen, that's for sure. Absolutely. And I think that's the thing from working alongside managers um, and helping them with that new person into the team. Like, again, in, in large organisations, there's a training team. I've I've been there where I've been, you know, on the spot welcoming new people into the team um, and not knowing that, you know, there'll, there'll be an extra bot at the table. And I'm like, oh, uh, tell me more. What, what role are you here for? And, and then sort of, great, well, look, you, you guys all talk together and I'm just going to go and just check a couple of details and be right back. And and you're sort of not wanting to let them know that something major has gone wrong behind the scenes, um, you know, but you're definitely wanting to find out what's going on. So, you know, you you certainly know that in, in large organisations, even though you might think that it's perfect because you've got big HR and learning and development teams, there's still things that fall between the gaps. Um, but the key is to learn from it and to put steps in place so that it doesn't happen again. Um, and that's where having a support guide, you know, having, you know, having a manager's own SOP or standard operating procedure so they know what to do, what to expect and what, what they need to make sure actually happens. And even, even for, for smaller businesses, it's still great to do that because it means that if you're away that day, um, you're the next person in the team, your team senior or team leader, whatever the case is, can then pick that up and run with that. Yeah, awesome. So I like that tip. So it's around about it's around having structure in place that's going to help um, help the manager organize the onboarding experience in the first instance. You know, we had a checklist. Um, I'm sure that's something that maybe um, you guys um, offer and um, advice that you would give your your clients at inductions made yes. easy. But it's around, OK, so a person is coming, you know, what do you do at different points in time and how can we get ourselves organized, you know, pre, during um, their onboarding to make it as seamless as possible and to not have to keep on rethinking each time. Oh, what do we do for onboarding again? You know, what do we do here? What do we do in week one? Who do they need to talk to? What's their key stakeholders? Whatever, you know, the um, 
you know, the, the structure might need to be or the questions would be at the time. So I love that tip around having that structure in place and then also having that structure available so that if the manager's not there, then somebody can pick it up in their absence. Absolutely. One of my um, one of my clients shared with me in a, an experience they had. So she, you know, she'd engaged me to work with her. We we had this onboarding checklist. So we had a, a great session. She had the papers. She knew exactly what she was going to cover, how she was going to cover it, um, what was going to happen on day one, what was going to happen on day two, and so on. Um, and it worked, and it worked really well for her. And then a couple of weeks later, she had another new hire. So she got the um, a salon senior to come up to, to deliver. She gave her the checklists. That new person was able to go through everything the business owner was able to sit back and, and see exactly what was left for her to cover. But the best thing about the whole experience is that a couple of weeks later, um, the salon owner overheard um, a conversation between one of the clients and, and the new starter, and she was able to go through the mission, vision and values and why sustainability was important to this business and all these other things. And there was other people there going, hey, I didn't know this stuff. So what, what it shows is that quite often businesses, they really focus on the new people and giving them the current information, but sometimes forgetting that their other team members need to be brought up to speed on anything that's changed or developed as well. So, um, you know, it was definitely a great situation to be in for that business owner because she could sit back and go, yay, that was the best investment I made. <laughs> yeah, that's fabulous. Um, we'll definitely come back and circle back to the benefits of a good onboarding experience. But just keeping on the theme of any tips and tricks, is there anything else that you would offer the audience here, you know, particularly managers who are trying to get this right and, and make this experience meaningful? Yeah. Um, the, the most important thing, I think, is to remember that your new hire has got a lot of life experience and skill already. Mm-hmm. And you know, you don't want to, you don't want to be dumbing things down. You want to be asking the questions like, you know, what software do you use? What what operating system are you familiar with? You know, because if someone's worked on an Apple system and, and all the computers in the business are Microsoft, then, you know, they're going to need some extra support to, to manage that transition. So build on the gaps is the big thing to have that as your overarching principle. Um, I think, one of the best things is to consider your own onboarding experience. You know, when, you know, all of the times you've started new jobs, um, unfortunately, most of my experiences weren't that good. And that's why I'm probably a little bit passionate about this as well. Um, you know, think about what works well, what didn't work well for you. Um, Talk to other people in your team. What did they have to say about the onboarding experience? What were the gaps they thought were missed that were really important? Um, I think that, you know, you really need to be thinking about how you want your new hire to experience the business because first impressions do count. Um, I always, when I'm working with business owners, one of the first questions I ask is, what are you doing now? Um, you know, so some businesses will be going, oh, I'm not, not actually doing anything. So then we need to start from scratch. But other people are actually doing a lot of things that work really well already. So then think about what's worked well in the past that you've stopped doing that perhaps needs to be started again. Um, you know, why did that, why did you stop doing something that did work? You know, was there other things happening there? Um, um, 
I also encourage people to look at, you know, what they've been doing and think about um, what they can do more of, what they can do better, what they can do differently, what they can do less of. Um, so using using that NBDL acronym is, is quite helpful um, because it will give them a very quick picture about, you know, what they can do quickly to to make a change because you don't need to change the whole thing overnight. Um, I've been involved in <laughs> in a corporate when it was taken over by another business and so every induction that I ran over, oh, over a two-year period was slightly different because more of the new business was coming to light so we had to continually adapt um, but you need to make sure you're, you know, you're, you're sort of um, up with the play with that a little bit as well, you know, that you're not again going to overwhelm people saying this is what we do today or this is what we used to do, but this is what we do now because a brand new person just wants to know the now. They just want to know what they need to do. Think about the language you use. There's a good one that you mentioned earlier about jargon because the term onboarding is jargon. Um, I always find that if a manager sort of thinks about the words that they use and thinks about the questions they've had in the past and keeps a list and then gives that list to the new person, it will wow them on their first day. You know, because if they've got a little notebook and they can just capture all other jargon that they hear and know they can go back to the manager at the end of the day and say, I've heard these terms here and they don't, you know, make a lot of sense to me. Can you help me bust them? So, you know, that's that's a really cool thing to do. And I think finally, the best thing or the, the most important thing for managers to do is be clear on their expectations. You know, what what expectations do they have of that new person? Do they want them up and running the same as every other staff member by the end of the week? Um, you know, because that might not be reasonable, that might not be practical, it may not be fair. So it's about, you know, how are they going to look at their KPIs? You know, at what point do these become important to that person's progression in the business? Um, and align with that expectations is finding out from the new hire what their expectations are. Um, you know, and that's about having that conversation about when when is our time to chat? You know, is it going to be weekly to start with? Is it going to be daily to start with? Will it then move to fortnightly? You know, at what point do I get you to myself so that we can actually um, exchange information and, and, you know, share where things are at? Um, so all of those things are, are pretty important, I think. <laughs> oh, there's so much. I feel like we could deep dive into each one of those and, you know, and provide um, a fantastic, you know, content for our listeners. Um, a couple that I would touch on, uh, particularly the last one around expectations um, or the second last one. I, I agree. There's there's, you know, especially when there's been an individual who's maybe left the role, who's been there for years or was, you know, the top performer or had, um, you know, whatever it might be. And then another person comes on. The instant expectation is that they are kind of just as good as that person, even though that person had probably quite a long lead up to being at that productivity level or motivation level, whatever it might be. So I think it is yeah. very, really important about resetting the expectation. Um of the manager themselves, you know, so I think I think that's fabulous. Um, the other thing I liked around, you know, when are those touch points um, with the manager and the individual to make sure that you are having a sense check around how they're going. Um, but also just to kind of further um, go there is letting the individual know who their support network are. So who are the experts in this part of their role or who's the export, expert in this part that they can then connect them with? 
so that they don't only just have the manager, they have a, a raft of different people that they can connect in with different for different topics, I guess. Absolutely. And you see when people, when, when you do that well, um, like I've seen people, you know, like we'll give them, we'll give them a little hierarchy of the organisation and then it's almost like a little hit list for them where they're like, bumped into them in the lift, I bumped into them in coffee <laughs> and I've said good day to them. And it's sort of about just starting to build that relationship um, and remind people that everybody's everybody's equal just because someone might be, you know, the owner or the, the head of or, or whatever the case may be, is that, you know, they still, you know, they still appreciate that interaction. So um, definitely knowing who who the people are that they need to contact or will work with um, in their role makes it a lot easier to build those relationships. Because mm. that's what it's all about, isn't it? It's about building relationships and understanding how everybody works together for the for the business goals. Yeah, like we used to say, who's who in the zoo? And um, yeah. when will I need that part of the zoo <laughs> um, to, help, you know, to help me, um, I guess, deliver what I need to deliver? We've had a fantastic conversation today with Sandra on onboarding and there has been so much knowledge and information shared. We want to ensure that we keep our episodes um, consumable. So we have decided to split this episode into two parts. So stay tuned for the next part where we will be covering the barriers and benefits to onboarding, how you can create great opportunities for your team to get involved and how your onboarding process needs to continue to evolve. So stay tuned and look out for that next episode coming soon. Thank you for taking the time to listen to today's episode. If you have any feedback or would like us to deep dive on a specific skill, please email us at hello at manageriq.com. Thanks very much. Have a good day.